Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Julie Rogers Familia, granddaughter of Roy Rogers and Day 11, and you're listening to the Dr. Sky Experience on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the radio program that you tell us you like so much. The Dr. Sky Experience in the form of a radio show and a podcast. Exclusively here at Talk Radio 77 WABC with our unique Dr. Sky Experience. We call WABC the crown jewel of radio, the iconic Talk Radio 77, out of New York City, the nation, the world, and I'm sure, well, out into the cosmos. As many of you know by now, with the Dr. Sky Experience, we primarily talk about science, astronomy, space, aviation, weather. But we have a plethora of interviews here, which we're so proud to introduce all the time from the world of celebrity guests. And today, ladies and gentlemen, is no exception. We have a very famous story to tell you about an iconic duo in the Western music world, Roy Rogers and, obviously, Dale Evans. But who better to talk about it? is a loving granddaughter, entitled, that book is, that is entitled, Your Heroes, My Grandparents, A Granddaughter's Love, Julie Rogers Pomelia. Julie, it's such an honor to have you here on the Dr. Sky Experience. I love, as you do, and so many people, both your grandparents and their legacy. So welcome to the Dr. Sky Experience. How are you? Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be on here talking with you today, too. Well, we also love Harlan, who helped set this up, and over the course of about the last 15 years, we're so honored to have Harlan as a uh, publicist, as you know so well, to talk about the stories that we're about to talk about today. But yes, it's so amazing, amazing, you know, to have you here today to talk about this. And, you know, I always read the books from cover to cover, and that's one of the things I'm proud of, because with the great stories that you're going to be able to tell us, Julie, this is so amazing. So in more than the time we have today. There's 33 chapters in this book. Tell us from the heart. Obviously, I can imagine what you're going to say, but, but tell us that, you know, the passion behind this book. It, it, it's an amazing story. So please, let's begin there. Well, I started writing this actually for my own sons because I got to that age where you start to look back on your life and you think, you know, my kids don't know a lot of how I grew up. So I thought I'd make a mom book and give it to them for Christmas. Just something just very unofficial. And then along the way, uh, when I go to these Western festivals, people would say, oh, you have so many great stories about your grandparents. You need to write a book. And I would say, well, I kind of am. I'm writing it for my sons. And they would always encourage me, they meaning people I would run into or the event coordinators, they'd say, you need to, to publish it to a wider audience because other people would like to hear these stories too. So that's sort of how it came about. And they are stories from my heart, just single little, um, you know, experiences or conversations we had. 
Well, Julie, it's an honor. And throughout the next uh, number of minutes that we have with you, we're going to try to go into this as deeply as possible. But I just want people to understand, just in case the generation today listening to this and many of the people who do know your grandparents are obviously Roy Rogers, the king of the cowboys, Dale Evans, queen of the West. What an amazing storybook you have here. I mean, that's not just a written word. It's the pictures that are so amazing here. I mean, I just happen to love some of these pictures, seeing them in their prime together in their illustrious outfits that they have on in sharing with the world, you know, their story. And let's start from the beginning. I mean, your dad, of course, let, let's describe the whole genealogy here. Your dad, of course, uh, as we talk about, Tom Fox, uh, that is what? Is that the only biological child that, that Dale had, uh, Dale Evans? Yes. I mean, describe well, the lineage they had of one your between the two. Of, they had one between the two of them, uh, which was Robin, but she was born with severe heart defects and Down syndrome, and back then they didn't have all of the tools uh, and the medical advances to uh, prolong their lives and, and really, you know, help. So she... Uh, passed away two days before her second birthday. They had to bury her on her second birthday. I'm so sorry. And that was heartbreaking. It was the only child they had together. Grandpa had two that were biological from his second marriage, and Grandma had the one, my dad. And so after they had that heartbreak with Robin, they decided to start adopting kids that uh, were maybe otherwise unadoptable. So they adopted one of my uncles was had some mild brain damage, and was slow on the uptake because his parents had beaten him badly and oh. left him, just deserted him. And they thought, what, what's going to happen to a little guy like this? So they took him home and they raised him. Um, I had another um, aunt that was from Scotland. I had one from Korea. I, had, uh, I still have one from, that is Native American. And uh, yeah, so they started adopting all these kids. Wow, what a story. You know, folks, you're listening to the Dr. Sky Experience. Once again, thanking you for your time here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. The crown jewel of radio, as we like to call it, beaming proudly and powerfully out of New York City, the nation, and the world. And I'm sure Julie Eve in the cosmos. Our producer is Richard Dugan, Dr. D, helping us to make sure that all these particular words are coming across in the clarity that we would expect. You know, this is fascinating, and I have to be honest, and that's the only way I'd be. I never knew that Roy Rogers didn't have his real name, Roy Rogers, as born. He was born, what, Leonard Franklin Sly? <laughs> Leonard Sly, yeah. <laughs> what a name. What a name. Yeah, and then, all, his and mother, then also his mother, Dale Evans had a different name, right? Yep, that's right. He wow, tell us the story Australia. behind that. I mean, that's amazing. You change your name, and now we know Roy Rogers, I mean... We think of Roy Rogers and go, wow, he's the king of the cowboys, but his name wasn't always that, as you're about to tell us uh, the, whole, the whole name change story. That's right. Well, you know, they, Hollywood hasn't changed a whole lot in that respect, that they want everybody's name to be uh, perfect or they want everybody's uh, persona to look a certain way. And sure. uh, so he chose Dick Weston, and they didn't like that. <laughs> Early on, he chose that, so they uh, they renamed him Roy Rogers, and it just seemed to roll off your tongue. And Grandma was Frances Octavia Smith, and Frances, you know, wasn't really Frances Smith wasn't really grabbing anybody, so they renamed right. her Dale Evans. Wow, that's amazing. I guess that's right. So if you and I were going to go into the movies or something like that, we'd probably what? We'd have to change our names too. I change guess our goes, names. <laughs> yeah. That goes without saying. 
So that's, that's amazing. Right. I mean, we're talking, I remember, you know, I'm 67 years young right now. And I remember as a young boy in New York City, we used to see these little cowboy gun sets that you could get strap on your side, you know, like the two six guns. And it was so amazing. But one of the things I want to understand here is there's a backstory to this about both Dale Evans and Roy Rogers, and that is the horses that they had. Now we talk about, let's talk about Roy Rogers' most famous horse, Trigger. Trigger was what, a golden Palomino? I mean, this is mm-hmm. uh, putting it mildly. I'm not much of a horse person. I love them. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Trigger, because i got to ask you, and I'm sure in every interview you always get this question, uh, what happened to Trigger after he passed on July 3rd, 1965? But talk about this, story, this horse. I mean, it's almost the larger-than-life story that we're going to hear. Well, you know, Trigger had his own fan club, so he was kind <laughs> of a big deal. People would write, write letters to Trigger, and um, kids would. And uh, he was the best horse ever. Um, when we got on him, when Grandpa would put us on him, he just knew that there was a child on top of him and he needed to be very still. And he was such a sweet horse. And there was really very much a bond between Grandpa and that horse. Now, there were other triggers because as Trigger got older, it was really hard on him to have to trailer him across country to all these rodeos and shows they were doing. It's hard yeah. on their knees and it's it's really it's hard on them, the horse, you know, in general. And he didn't want the lifespan of his horse to diminish because he was, you know, taking him on all these rigorous road trips. So they had a trigger junior and they had a little trigger uh, to kind of fill in to do those road shows. And uh, so they were very smart too. Um, The one that usually went trigger junior was a little bit ornery though. And he decided, you know, just about every show he could go rogue at some point and grandpa wasn't going to, um, you know, say anything or do anything in front of all the kids in the arena. So he knew that he was very smart too. And at yeah. one time he actually drew blood on grandpa's shoulder. Uh-huh. He bit down on grandpa's shoulder and right through his costume and Ouch. into his skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was wow. not real happy. He tried to find him afterwards and he well, finally found. Yeah. It's- that's amazing stuff because, I mean, the pictures in the book are so great, black and white, to make them even more prolific because it gives that special, I don't know, it gives that special flavor to pictures of, the, of that time period. Black and white is yeah. the answer. But it's so amazing. One of the pictures I love the best is you see Trigger checking into a hotel and he's signing yes. his yes. name. That is hilarious. He knew how to pick up the pencil and make an X <laughs> on the line to sign in. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so what So what happened to Trigger? I guess that was the question I was asking before. Eventually, I mean, poor Trigger passed on. He was 30, yes. what, 30 years for a horse's um, age. I guess that's pretty good. But what happened to him? Well, most people ask, is Trigger really stuffed? That's probably the number one question I oh, get asked. Oh, absolutely, right. <laughs> and Grandpa used to hate it when people said stuffed because that, like, pictures, you know, mm-hmm. a beanbag stuffed with sawdust. Um, but he had a, a mounted, he had a, a fiberglass mount made of Trigger. He took all the measurements, a taxidermist took all the measurements before Trigger died and made a mold of Trigger rearing up in his position, uh, rearing up. And so when he died, they stretched the skin over that mold. And um, Gene Autry thought he was crazy, but Grandpa was crazy. (laughs) He said, why are you spending all that money? Just throw him in the ground and be done with it. And Grandpa was so sentimental, he just couldn't bring himself to do it. He said, I think my fans would like to see Trigger in his rearing pose at the museum. And so he did. 
he he put trigger in the museum like a much like a natural history museum has animals and um there he is he's today he's i think down in the stockyards in fort worth texas that's amazing and dale also on the female side she has a famous horse known as buttermilk and what buttermilk was a uh, a buckskin quarter horse but a little story about uh, Dale and Buttermilk. Uh, that's an yeah, amazing story. Yeah, he didn't story really too. like that horse too much. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he had been abused, actually, with his dad. He had been abused as a young horse. So he kind of had a, a sour personality and was not real easy to maneuver. And, you know, she wasn't exactly a good horsewoman herself. And so he was a lot to handle, and he had attitude. And, you know, she gave attitude right back at him, and she, you know... She said that all the fillings, her caps on her teeth came off one Ooh. time when he was trotting, because he was very rough, she said. A rough, he had a rough trot. And, um, mm. yeah. So, I mean, Grandpa said he'd never see so much sky between a woman's rear end and a horse in all of his life <laughs> when, grandpa, <laughs> when Grandpa got on no, the horse. That's, that's funny. <laughs> you know, Julie, we're going to hear something now, the great story that your grandparents have shared with you and your experiences with them and all your family members. We're going to hear a little bit about, just in case people who are tuning in, and I'm sure there are many out there that are getting a first-time education on these two amazing individuals, Roy Rogers, the King of the Cowboys, and Dale Evans, the Queen of the West. We're going to play for the audience the opening, this amazing opening of the Roy Rogers show that they're going to hear right now. The Roy Rogers Show. Starring Roy Rogers, King of the Cowboys, Trigger, his Golden Palomino, and Dale Evans, Queen of the West. With Pat Brady, his comical sidekick, and Roy's wonder dog, Bullet. And I think that's amazing, Julie. How long did that show last on the air? I mean, that's just incredible it in was television six, history. Um, yeah, six years on the air. It ended in 1957, and I was born in 58, so it had just ended wow. when I was born. You know, folks, on the Dr. Sky experience, a lot of times people say to us, well, we talk so much about science and technology and things like that, but this lineage that we've had with our producer, Richard Dugan, Dr. D. Julie, it's been, uh, what, 25, 30 years that we've been doing this, and we're so proud to be here on Talk Radio 77, WABC in New York City. But as we talk about this, this is such amazing, 33-plus chapters here. So from the humanistic side, tell us about the man. Roy Rogers. I mean, the stories that you have in this book, everybody should get a copy of this book. If not only they love Western history, but a granddaughter's love for her grandfather and back and back and forth. I mean, just an amazing man who, what, who loved children. I mean, isn't that, isn't that the most uh, probably prolific thing that we could say here first to start in the interview? Well, yeah, he was kind of a big kid himself. And he related best to children and animals. And, uh, yeah, he loved children. He was very, very shy, and he wasn't good at small talk, so anytime he was supposed to be at a party or a gathering, he was very uncomfortable because he just would stare down at his feet and not really know what to say because he was so painfully shy. But when he was with Grandma, it was fine because she did enough talking for, you know, both of them, and there was not a shy bone in her body, so... The opposites really did attract in this case, and they really worked out well together. That's amazing. You know, you got to ask this question. I mean, I've had a few marriages. I'm not so proud of saying that. I won't go into details. But like all of us, you know, nothing is perfect out there. But between the two, Dale Evans and Roy Rogers, what do you think the secret was between them that 
their marriage lasted uh, so long. And, and how many years are, you know, approximately how many years were they together? Well, they were, what, married 60, 60 years? Wow. And, you know, they, they had pretty much kind of, by their own admittance, made a mess of their lives before they met each other. She was married three times other than grandpa and he had been married mm-hmm. twice. And when they finally got together, they said, okay, all right, no divorce, murder, maybe, but no divorce, no more divorces. <laughs> so they stuck to that and, um, and they just worked it out. You know, it wasn't always easy, but they just worked it out. And for the most part, I mean, they were, they were a lovely couple. I mean, just, fun as anything. Best grandparents ever. Wow. You know, I gather from reading your book cover to cover, and everybody should get a copy of the book here, Your Heroes, My Grandparents, Granddaughters, Love. And this is interesting because it's a publisher, and I hope I pronounce it right, Brighton Publishing, is that correct? Uh Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Get a copy of this, folks. And why am I telling you this? It's very simple. There's very few people that we talk to here on this particular show that we don't think they write good books. But this is more of a personal introspection between a granddaughter and the personal side of this entire story. It's as if, Julia, and I seriously mean this, it's like if I walked into this book, I'd be right there in the same room with you, your grandma, your grandfather, your family. And it's written in such a way. It's an easy, no, seriously, folks, it's an easy read. And no read should be tough. I mean, if you have to read a book for school or something and do a term paper and people go, oh, you know, i got to read this. No, this is different. This is something you want to take along. How about this, Julie? Take it along on your summer vacation and sit outside. If you're up by a lake or a pool, it's a nice way, what, to reflect on on the human side of relationships between the children. Well, it's nice because you can read one chapter. You can open it up and read one chapter all by itself. They stand alone. You don't have to read it cover to cover. Wow. Well, in the time we have with you today, and, and I do, do want to spend more time with you here, and, and I'm hoping, I always ask this of guests, and we're certainly only asking that. I'd love to do this in, a, in another format sometime. Uh, we do a lot on the screen, the particular, let's say, movie theaters, in which we actually, after we show a film, you know, a classic film, we try and bring on on the big Zoom screen some of the people, let's say, like yourself, if we were talking about a series of movies and things that you're, both your grandparents were in. So I'd hope you'd come back in the future. But don't leave yet, but I just hope that that would be an okay thing for the future. Oh, I'd love that. Well, here we go. i got to ask this question. This is interesting. Tell us more about the swap meet and how, how was that? Because here's your dad, your grandfather, excuse me, going out with you. He kind of hides behind sunglasses and a hat. Not that he wanted to be ID'd, but he liked to collect stuff. Am I, am I putting it that, in the right perspective? Oh, my he gosh. Stuff. He was such a pack rat. He, didn't, he couldn't throw <laughs> anything away. And yeah, so he would go to the swap meet and collect stuff he didn't need and bring it home. And grandma would just like roll her eyes and he'd know, okay, out to the, you know, the man cave in the garage and he'd hang it in the garage. And finally he got a museum because she would say, you have so much stuff. You should just go buy a museum and put all your stuff in it. And he said, okay, I will. And he did. So um, (laughs) we would go to the swap meet, the two of us, and we had it down because he would give me some bills and then he'd say, okay, go as high as this. And if he doesn't, then just walk. And um, I say, okay. So I'd go up to the guy and kind of barter with him and everything. And um, one time the guy even said, you know, Roy Rogers comes around to this, this swap meet quite often. I said, really? I said, wait a minute, who's Roy Rogers again? I was just playing, but he didn't know it. Um, so he great. gave me a whole education about my grandpa. Wow. And I said, wow, that's pretty cool. 
And um, we just had so much fun. He, you know, he bought me things that I didn't need. He bought me a purse. He just had to. I could tell he had this little child, almost childlike look on his face. Like, I got to get you this purse. It has pockets for everything. I said, That's okay, incredible. Grandpa. So See, these are the kind purse. of stories that we love. I mean, this is the, you don't hear this. Like, if you're just to look at Hollywood and read, like, a Wikipedia article. Yeah. It just talks yeah. about facts. It doesn't have the human side. But I want to talk about something here in, in the moments we have with you today, if you don't mind. The song that I always love, I mean, I'm a company that's incorporated in Texas for good reasons, but I love Texas. I'm not from there. I was originally born in New York, as many people know, but this is an interview about you and your grandparents. But one of the most amazing songs, I love the Yellow Rose of Texas, and here's another reason why. About 10 years ago, I was fortunate to go on a cruise down through the Caribbean, and we left that at Galveston. And you know, on these cruises, there's a night or two to dress up in tuxedo and women in fine you mm-hmm. know, gowns and all kinds of stuff like that. Beautiful. So I'm there on this cruise ship, and all of a sudden down in this magnificent gallery, I mean, there's like these big stairs that go up, like it looked like a big mansion. So they had, must have had a couple of thousand people there. So what do they do, Julie? They start playing the Yellow Rose of Texas. And Aww. boy, did those people, oh, they got up out of their chairs, and boy, there wasn't a, there wasn't a sad or dry eye in the whole place. Everybody was happy. But we're going to hear now a rendition of Yellow Rose of Texas of course, by Roy Rogers. So here we go. There's a yellow rose in Texas I'm going there to see No other fella knows her Nobody, only me She cried so when I left her It like to broke my heart And if we ever meet again We never more shall part She's the sweetest rose of color a cowboy ever knew. Her eyes are bright as diamonds, they sparkle like the dew. You may talk about your dearest maids and sing of Rosalie, but the yellow rose of Texas beats the bells of Tennessee. Where the Rio Grande is flowing and the stars are shining bright. We walked along the river on a quiet summer night. She said, if you remember, we parted long ago. You promised to come back again and never let me go. She's the sweetest rose of color a cowboy ever knew. Her eyes are bright as diamonds, they sparkle like the dew. You may talk about your dearest maids and sing of Rosalie, but the yellow rose of Texas beats the bells of Tennessee. I'm going back to find her, my heart is full of woe. We'll sing the songs together we sang so long ago. I'll pick the banjo gaily and sing the song of yore. And the yellow rose of Texas, she'll be mine forevermore. She's the sweetest rose of color a cowboy ever knew. Her eyes are bright as diamonds, they sparkle like the dew. You may talk about your dearest maids and sing of Rosalie, but the yellow rose of 
Texas beats the bells of Tennessee. And that's just so amazing, isn't it? Yellow Rose of Texas. It means so much. And tell me what that song maybe means to you. Well, Grandma's favorite flower was the Yellow Rose. And her favorite state was Texas because that's where she was from. So that was perfect for her. And they did a movie called The Yellow Rose of Texas together. And, you know, at her um, memorial service, we all had yellow roses and we put them down on, um, on her casket when they were, um, when we were at the cemetery um, before saying goodbye. And that was really meaningful. So whenever I see a yellow rose, I just think of grandma and uh, it's very personal to me. What a beautiful story. Born, of course, as you know best, October 31st, 1912, in all places, Uvalde, Texas. Amazing. Yes. Down in, deep in the heart yes. of Texas, as we talk about. But here we go. I got another one. This is amazing. I mean, you're a musician yourself, and, and that story would be a whole other interview, but we're proud of what you do, and particularly the book here again, Your Heroes, My Grandparents, A Granddaughter's Love, Julie Rogers, Pamillion. I got to ask this. This is so incredible as we move forward with our interview today. You are part of a television show and a number of television shows, but the most hilarious thing I think in the book, without spoiling it for everybody, is the Jonathan Winters story. I love Jonathan Winters. Never met him, but I thought his humor, him with Johnny Carson, was off the top. So tell us a little bit about that experience, because that has to be one of the funniest things in live television, I guess, or what do you call it? Pre-recorded television. What about it? Right. Well, you know, Jonathan Winters was such a comic. I mean, he was a little bit like Robin Williams was, where he was funnier when he was ad-libbing. And I won't ruin it, but um, in that chapter, my cousin did something. He was only four at the time. But my cousin did something right in the middle of the show that um, really (laughs) was, you could not uh, look the other way. It just happened Right. right there on main stage. and. Because of that, Jonathan Winters had to take off and and just he he just went on this this roundabout story uh, and went off on his own on an ad lib. And wow. the producer loved it so much, the director loved it so much that they kept that version, and that's the one that they aired uh, because it was so hilariously funny. Now, Ra, I, I mean, um, uh, Jonathan Winters wasn't. You know, underneath, he wasn't very happy with my cousin. And years <laughs> later, I mean, like 15 years later, he ran into my grandma at another event. And the first words out of his mouth after that much time was, hey, Dale, how's that blankety-blank grandson of yours? <laughs> and that's what he remembered. And so Rob has never lived that down with all the rest of the family. We've never let that him get away with that. But you got to get the book, right, Julie? So you know what, what right. you're talking about. That's you need to find point. out what we... happened that threw Jonathan Winters off his game, but it That's became right. even funnier. <laughs> well, we're, we're not going to be a spoiler here on this interview, and that's a good reason to go get the book. But it's a tribute <laughs> in a very serious way to your dad, Tom Fox. You devote so many uh, time, how do I say this, in, in chapter, you devote so much time to your loving father. But again, this is such an amazing story, and I would love to have to do this, you know, I'd love to do this with you again, if we could in the future. But so many particular movie stars, I mean, the book is filled, you with Wilford Brimley, obviously you with uh, so many movie stars, and I look at, I love that picture again as I'm flipping through the book of Trigger with a hat, checking into the hotel. 
<laughs> you know, he's with uh, what? I mean, you know, the book just goes on. is with Ronald Reagan. And then some other personal stories that you have that I think are so amazing. You know, it's, it's amazing. You did what? You actually escorted so many of these movie stars in, into what? Describe that in yes, some of the stars. Yes, because we used to have know. this uh, show called the Golden Boot Awards, and it, it was akin to the Academy Awards, only it was only Western films. And so my family was one, uh, the, one of the founding families of this awards show. So at the Beverly mm-hmm. Hilton in Beverly Hills every August, we'd have this big, big dinner uh, and awards show. So I would be in charge of several people meeting their limos and walking them down the red carpet and awesome. um, taking them to their interviews or the green room. And so I got a lot of chances to meet very interesting people that, to, only to find out that they were big fans of my grandparents. Wow. And that was pretty interesting because, you know, they were peers. So it's a lot different hearing a peer talk about them than a fan, not, not to minimize the fans view. I'm not saying that, but it's sure. just a very different um, take on it. And it was really fun. That's amazing. Well, again, it's a tradition here. That's uh, this is just so phenomenal. Julie, and I appreciate your time today, but as we end our interview today, obviously I'd be remiss if I didn't even quote, and I can only do the best I can. I'm not Roy Rogers or Dale Evans by any means, but, the words that we want to leave, want it, Julie, everybody who's listening to this archive, happy trails to you, right? Until we meet again, happy trails to you. Keep smiling until then. And as we end the interview, well, without further ado, let's hear that amazing song, Happy Trails to You, that your grandparents you know, worked on so hard and means so much in today's world. And I want to thank you for this particular edition of appearing as our special guest, on this edition of the Dr. Sky Experience here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We call it the crown jewel of radio, the iconic Talk Radio 77 WABC. We're out of New York City, around the nation, around the world, and I'm sure, Julie, in our world, out into the cosmos. So you get the last word. What's, what's the message you want to get from the, the people out there reading this book that you spend a lot of time on? I want them to see that they are still applicable and Uh, for today, in today's world. I think we need a hero. We need a a positive message. We need a lighthearted book that was um, full of loving memories. And I just, um, I want want them to know my grandparents. Absolutely. Julie, Julie Rogers-Pamilia, stay on the line with us. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And we'll look forward to having a second edition as we do this on the Dr. Sky Experience at your convenience. That concludes this exciting show, ladies and gentlemen, that you tell us that you like so much. We're thanks to our special, you know, our producer, Richard Dugan, Dr. D, for Mike aligning all the words and sounds to make this right. And again, many thanks to John Katsimatidis, the owner of this radio station that I grew up with as a New Yorker. WABC in New York, Talk Radio 77, WABC. Julie, thank you so much. So please stay on the line with us, and uh, happy trails to you. Yeah. Happy trails. the clouds that we're together Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather Happy trails to you Till we meet again 
Until